Guys, SaaS Open is our next big event in New York City, March 16th and 17th. We'll have a thousand SaaS leaders all sharing how they built their companies. Our keynotes are Henry Shuck, Marie Martins from Tally.SAO, Serby from Symbol, Christopher of DocHub, who had a big exit. Again, hundreds of speakers, a thousand plus attendees. And we've got folks bringing their entire executive teams because we have stages for founders, heads of product, head of finance and BD, CMOs and CROs, and then a people in HR stage. It's going to be special. Prices are increasing every week, so you don't want to wait. Go to sasopen.com right now to see what the ticket price is and lock in your spot today. Again, that's sasopen.com, March 16th and 17th in New York City. Tickets are almost sold out. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Persona, they're back. They've backed over 110 or helped over 110 SaaS companies. They've written checks into 47. They put a $100,000 check in in exchange for 5% of the business. That company can then go raise another equity round and then they don't have to pay back any capital. Or if they want to say, you know what, I don't need more money, that founder will then is required to start paying back at one year between three and five, three and 7% of their monthly revenues, paying back a 3x cap on the 100K investment from Persona to buy back 4% of the equity. Apeka will still keep one for that long road. Hey, folks, my guest today is Prasanna. He's with a group called Apeka based out of Bangalore. They're helping B2B SaaS startups grow faster. And he's a very humble guy from that intro. Uh, they're really behind some of the most the fastest growing startups in India. And India really right now is a hotbed of some of the smartest founders, whether that's Saravana, the old Netcore crew, the Freshworks crew, you name it there in India, something special is happening. So we're very privileged to have Prasanna on the show today. Prasanna, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Why why am I seeing SaaS founders coming out of India that they just seem to be, all of them are like 10 million bucks in revenue bootstrapped. It's like, what's going on in India? Yeah, I think it's something in the water here, right? Uh, the, the analogy that I give everybody is that, you know, in 1992, there were 200 IT services companies doing $100 million of exports. And in 2002, there were 8,000 IT services companies doing $12 billion of IT services exports. So it's the same thing that's happening right now with SaaS. Uh, The things that we are good at in India are we have a lot of developers. There are probably a million or more developers just in Bangalore. So if I throw a stone outside, I'm more likely to hit a software developer than a crow, right? (laughs) Uh, And we know English, so we can make software for folks who are speaking English. Right. And uh, I think the last word in SaaS is service. And so if anybody wants to implement a SaaS product, if they're mid-market or an enterprise customer, they need integrations, they need migrations, they need training, they need data transformation, all of that stuff. And most of that stuff, you can't just do it off the shelf. Right. There has to be somebody who looks at your data, how that data has to look in the system and figure out how to get it there. Right. So when you put all these things together, you know, it. I think, and the water, it all starts working. It's amazing. I remember one of our first conversations. Uh, I forget it was with you or the, the the crew there at Apeka, but it was November 2021, and you guys said, Nathan, 
you know, we're really targeting 60 startups at 100K checks each in 2022. We've now finished 2022. How'd you guys do? How many startups did you help? Uh, so we worked with about 40 startups and I think we did a total of, uh, 47 or 48 checks. Wow. Okay. A hundred kids. And is it always a hundred K? Yeah. Okay. So walk me through that model. Folks might be listening going, wait, what's the investment model here? Is it like YC? Is it like NDVC? What's it like? Right. So the hundred K is in DVC. And so explain right. some folks so don't know do what that is, right? So ex- ex- explain what, explain okay. what a BDC sure, is. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what we want is for founders to be in control of their destiny. So we want to make sure that we're able to work with founders, not only founders who are ex- expecting to get a hyperscale kind of an outcome, but we also want to be working with founders who want to be founder forever or who want to take a strategic exit, right? So what that means is we don't want to lock them into chasing funding every 18 months. We want to make sure that, hey, if you're building a business, if you can get to 5 million and you're cash flow positive and you're making, let's say, 2 million net, then you can return money to us at a good multiple. Yeah, it's a great business, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I literally have a, one of our first cohort startups. I won't tell you who, uh, but they're at 6 million in ARR and they have 2.5 million in cash in the bank every year. Right? Incredible. And they don't want to raise money. They don't yeah. want to get into the rat race and they're growing 50% year on year. Well, so how do you guys make so we money? Want right? Most, most VC firms will say, listen, we're writing 100K checks. We need one or two to like return the fund and become a billion dollar company. So when you say the fund, the money you invested, 47 checks at 100K a pop. So 5 million deployed in 2022 is a BDC. What do you mean by that? What's your return profile? Right. So what we're so uh, out of the first 10 startups that we worked with, uh, Nathan, we now have six startups of a million dollars in ARR. Out of that six, there are three that have crossed a $5 million ARR. Right. Mm-hmm. So think about this from a fund perspective, right? We are investing in something like a two and a half million kind of a valuation. If they get to a five million, and even in today's time, let's say they're at a five X kind of a multiple, they're at a 25 million valuation, right? So we have a 10 X in a valuation jump in about 30% of our companies. Mm-hmm. So that takes care of a lot of the return. But the, the, culturally, another, these are founders that don't want to exit, right? They love cash flow. They're yes. not searching for growth at all costs. So how do you right. actually turn those paper gains into real yield? Or do you not need to do two that ways. because this is a BDC? Right. So t- two ways, right? Uh, one is, so so we are not like, uh, uh, we are not holding that equity forever, if that's the question, right? We do have to return. And the two ways that we return is one, if they are never raising any capital then they can buy back just like in the NDVC model, right? Number two, uh, we are finding that there are funds now who are coming in and saying, hey, we'll just pick up secondaries from these founders or from us, right? And they're not looking at a primary infusion or a small primary infusion. And they would love to pick up equity in a SaaS company that's actually profitable and growing. I mean, are you seeing Sequoia in India, Excel in India? Are they are they approaching you and saying, hey, we'd love to buy out that 5% no. you own in that $5 million SaaS company? No, no, not yet, right? Because they are more in the traditional model of, hey, show me a billion dollar time, show me how you can get to a billion dollar IPO and stuff like that. But there are so many search firms and so many P's and mini P's in the US who are now like, if it's a SaaS company, they're like throwing an email at it. And all of our our founders who cross a certain level, they have like an email a week in their inbox saying, hey, can we talk to you? 
Yep. Yep. Now you mentioned there's two ways to return buying the secondaries, which you just described. You said, but the first was founders can buy back the equity. Now, do they have the option to buy it back or are they forced to buy it back at a certain time level? Right. So the NDVC, we are using the straight NDVC term sheet, the exact same thing, right? Uh, So in that, the founders, if they do not raise any further capital, they start buying back with a percentage of their revenue every month or every quarter. After if they years. if they don't raise equity in what a period of when like when does that buyback have to start one you know one year two years more three uh, two years. years one year yeah one one year plus right but it's on a okay, month so- on month basis it's not all at once so so if you wrote a check into Nathan SaaS Company Inc dot com uh, today for hundred k and I grow to a million dollar run rate in a year um, I am forced once I hit a year I am forced at a year to start paying and buying back a Becca equity. Right. At at what multiple portion of your revenue? 3x. Okay. So if you put in a hundred K check for you said five percent is pretty typical. Yeah. Can I buy back? Am I forced to buy back your entire five percent portion or do you hold one percent? Okay. Yeah. So it's the same model. It's the same model as NDVC. The reason I'm asking those are the reason NDVC shut down. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I'm sure. trying to see if you've made edits on the model that you think will be more sustainable for both investors and the founders, because one of the big negatives was that founders don't want to pay back $300,000 on a hundred thousand dollar investment starting and they're forced to do it starting at one year. Uh, ha- have you built anything into your contracts to give founders more, more flexibility, more control? Yeah. 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 We, we are looking at doing that, right? So we do want to give founders more optionality in terms of choosing to do that buyback, mm-hmm. right? So if we can delay the payments, we can uh, prorate the payments, do stuff like that. Is there ever a world where you wouldn't force the founders to pay it back? Because I mean, this is effectively, in my opinion, really expensive debt, right? It's a hundred thousand bucks up front, and then you're going to make three hundred thousand on it over a three-year period. That's pretty darn expensive when you do an effective interest rate. Sure, but when they're coming to us, they're not coming to us at the level that you are getting them in, which is at a twenty k MRR or a fifty k MRR. They're coming to us at practically no revenue, right? Yep. So when they're coming to us at no revenue, then equity is the only risk capital that they can get because they can't get debt cap debt capital that you provide because they don't have any revenue yet. Yep. Right. So then what what choice is there? Right. Because we are also taking a risk. Because as you well know, for somebody to go from a 10k MRR to a 30k MRR is a different risk profile. For somebody to go from a 30k MRR to a 80k MRR is a dif- different risk profile. For somebody to go from a 1k MRR to a 30k MRR is a very, very, very different risk profile, right? Yeah. So we are on the early end of that risk profile. I think you are a little later on the and li- little bit ahead of us on the risk profile. So we'd love for our startups to then come to you and say, hey, you look, we now have revenue. We now have customers. The revenue is good quality. We have good margins. Can we take more money from you, right? Because well, many of our founders, any, we, accept, we just don't get any equity. That, that's the problem, right? We're we're boring. So, we're boring non dilutive debt, right? Yeah, you will always have one percent equity, no matter what. But right. I get your point. You're coming in much earlier than we are, and there's more risk for you. So I understand that. Right. Um, and we also uh, do a lot of handholding in terms of getting them their first customers. We're working with them to change their positioning, change their website. Uh, change how they talk to customers. We literally well, spend and you have an incredible community too. I mean, you look at yeah. who's on stage at SaaS Boomi. You look at your website and the partners you're bringing in. You have really an incredible network you've built around these founders, um, which is what helps them get to a million, three million, five million in ARR. Um, right. What is the percent of monthly revenues that they have to start paying back after year one? Right. So that's between five to seven percent. 
between five and seven percent per month That's until true. a 3x cap is paid back yes okay what if that takes a founder 20 years like does it is it all due at some point or could it take them 20 years no yeah it, it's okay i see okay so there's no recourse in the words if a company goes bankrupt no. or they can't pay you there's no way you just keep no. your five percent there's equity. nothing yeah well there's not nothing you just keep your equity yeah. I mean, Isn't there's no more... recourse is what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, it's fine and fascinating because that's reverse whatever everyone, you know, everyone else says it doubled, tripled down your winners, but your winners, you're forcing them to pay you back. So it's jamming down your equity and that's where your big returns are going to come from. You're okay with that though. I think uh, you're modeling this as a single turn game versus we model it as a multi-turn game. So what happens is that in our winners, right, they're typically raising more capital. So it gets converted into equity. Does that make sense? You know, somebody who's somebody who's winning in your portfolio has the cash flows per month to pay you back, and they can pay three hundred k three x cap to buy back four. But what equity. they do essentially is raise more capital, right? Because the folks who are really growing way beyond expectation, right? They actually want to raise some capital, and when they raise capital, we stay on as equity. Did that make sense? So, so, so you, really you, the top one percent of all companies. So you delete the you delete the you delete the part of your initial contract that says they have to start paying you back at one year if they go raise a bunch of equity. That's right. It's in, it's the same. NDVC has the same model actually. Well, again, but NDVC is so dead. There is capital. <laughs> There's a reason there. There's a reason no, Bryce I mean, is down. restarting. Well. In a very in a, in a in a in a pretty different format, right? If in you in, in, if you sure. if you interview some of the LPs in that fund and you interview some of the founders, there just was not alignment there. I just want to make sure I understand you correctly, though. If somebody raises money from you today and then they grow to a million dollar a year run rate, and in a year they go raise a bunch of equity, they are forced yeah. to keep then in the five percent. They but, but is that your choice or their choice? Because are they forced to keep your five percent equity? Yes. Oh, they it's can't like, pay you. It's back. like if there is a convertible debt for 100k. That's oh, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Interesting, very interesting. Okay, and these are all B2B SaaS. So right? think of the top two percent. Yeah, they're only B2B SaaS, right? So think yeah. of the top two percent of companies. They're going to get hit a million and then raise two million or three million or whatever it is, right? And so those folks will, we will stay as equity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're either staying as equity if they decide to raise. Or if they don't raise, they're forced That's to start right. paying you back after one year, uh, three to five, three to seven percent of their monthly revenues. Um, That's right. interesting. So I mean, so so, I mean, I I thought you guys were really representing that founder that wants to bootstrap and not raise, right? Not give up equity and go to mm-hmm. five million in revenue and profit two million a year and build a great business. That sounds to me though like that that's that kind of founder would not be a good fit for you because they'd be forced to either raise money to get rid of the payback or they'd be forced to start paying you back at at one year. I mean, if you're ma- taking money, I'm, I'm I'm assuming Nathan that uh, when you give money out to people, you want a return too. The terms are the terms, right? So we are saying well, no. We get no equity. We take no equity, right? That's so fine, our whole right? our That's whole mo- our whole model is we want to support founders that understand that giving up equity can be a very a big detriment to the business for a variety of ways. Right, right. And if um, you talk to any of our founders, and if even a single one of our founders tells you that giving equity to Upeka and having Upeka as a partner in their long-term journey was not a good thing, then you know we change our terms. But that's not the case. The kind of support that we're providing to our founders, they can't get anywhere in India and maybe not even anywhere in the US. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because we are taking founders who have sold only in India, who never even gone outside of India. We are helping them build a business that's global and get revenue that's global. So for many yep. of them, it, it's literally we are a partner who's helping them do things that they cannot do before. We're not dumb money, right? We're literally hand-holding them to change their website, the language on their website to sound more global, for example, right? So those are the kind of things which I believe, right? And, you know, you you can uh, correct me if you think otherwise. We're, we're literally changing the DNA of the business, right? So we have folks who have, have India revenue, but have struggled to get global revenue. And we are helping them make that first dollar of global revenue. Is that worth equity or is that not worth equity, right? I think that's the question that founders need to ask themselves, right? So I have folks who have built services business. They've tried to build product businesses and they've struggled to build product businesses because when you're trying to build a product business, it, you need to make different decisions than when you're building a services business. And so somebody has to literally sit with them and tell them, look, this is how you're making decisions. And this decision was okay in a services business, but this decision is not okay in a product business. And you need to rethink how you do that. You may have made the wrong hire because the person you hired as a developer in a services business, that was okay. But the same person is functioning in a product business in a way that will, is detrimental to the long-term uh, health of that product business, right? So that's the granularity at which we work with founders and to transform their business, right? So when I'm I mean, helping you, sound, folks you're, you sound much more like a venture one. studio. Uh, I mean, when, when I bring on folks that are building venture studios like Turtle, which popped out mm-hmm, with Phil Libin, I mean, you sound way more like a studio than you do a VC fund. Right. So we, we spend literally, uh, you know, dozens to uh, almost 100 hours per founder uh, from our from me and my team, right? To yeah. help them cross that uh, kind of an initial... And- uh, and when was just put this all on a timeline for us because folks might be new, they might be learning about you for the first time here on the show. When did you guys write your first check? What year? Uh, just uh, one and a half years ago. So, 2021 is when we wrote our first check. Okay, 2021. So before that, we were only an accelerator, we were only helping folks with actually building the business. So, only once we proved out that we could help folks to build a business without any capital. We said some of the startups need some capital at the early stage because otherwise everybody's working on fumes because they're going, getting some revenue, coming back, spending it, going, getting some revenue, coming back, spending it. Then we decided to add a layer of capital after we proved that, yes, we can take startups that are uh, at near zero, help them get to scale, right? So as an example, right, one of the startups that came to us, they were at literally $1,500 MRR, $2,000 MRR. Uh, Today, they're at uh, $60,000 MRR, right? And if you talk to them, their website, their copy, their emails, their marketing strategies, their positioning, uh, what features are in the product, what they're selling, the values, all of that was stuff that they worked with us. That makes sense. I understand. So the first check was in 2021. Um, you already told us numbers from 2022. What are you, what are you guys targeting in 2023? Uh, this year, we're hoping to write about 60 checks. Okay, 60 checks. Interesting. Uh, and all still India-focused? Uh, so almost all of our startups are selling globally. They may be headquartered in Delaware or they may be hot headquartered in India, but most of okay. them are actually Delaware headquarters with subsidiary in India. Okay, great. And um, and remind us again, sorry, your guys' source of capital. Obviously, you and I both have to raise money to then give out to founders, right? Where are you raising That's money right. from? Uh, so most of our investors are actually SaaS founders. Yep, yep, yep. And we yep, have uh, one large anchor LP called Westbridge. Okay, very cool. And are you, um, are you, did you raise a new fund last year or are you still operating out of fund one from back in 2021? Uh, this is a rolling fund. 
Ah, okay. This is an angelist rolling fund. So that's the model that we're still on. And how do you, how do you, those investors, how do you pay them out? Is it a fixed like payment every three months or do they wait until like it's like DPI, like they a regular VC firm? Yeah. They wait for exits. Yeah. Okay. So they don't get any, like when founders have to start paying you back at one year, you don't distribute any of that money back to, to we can, but we don't need to. Oh, I see. So you can reinvest into new checks, the 60 you want to do this year. That's right. I see. I see. Any exits so far? Uh, we've had four exits so far. Most of them okay. have been strategic acquires, uh, not too large. Okay. Okay. But you're, you've got a couple you're excited about that you think can more than return the fund, huh? I think so, because uh, one of them uh, just doubled last year uh, with very little capital raise. Actually, three of them, like I said, right, three of them crossed $5 million yep. in ARR. Out of that, two of them have not raised a single dollar. We are the only only outside equity holder, right? Uh, we have another and, and sorry, three out of how many? How many, how, how many total com- portfolio companies today? So we have a total of 110 companies, but I would only look at the first 20 companies because that's the ones that have been around for three years, right? Because the others are like last year and the year, year But and you've a half. written checks into 110 companies since you started SaaS companies. No, no, that's the accelerator. Okay, how many have you written a 100K check into? Uh, about 47. 47, okay, interesting, interesting. Well, we're rooting for you, Prasanna. If people want to learn more about this, where can they find you? Uh, upeka.io, and I'm very active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Guys, that's U-P-E-K-K-H-A.io. And Prasanna, what are the next two events you're going to if people want to meet you in person? Uh, we'll be doing our own events. So we'll be uh, putting that on Twitter. I'll also be at SAS Boomi in uh, March. SAS Boomi in March. And what city is that in? Uh, that's in Chennai. Chennai. Guys, there you have it. Prasanna, they're back. They've backed over 110 or helped over 110 SaaS companies. They've written checks into 47. They put a $100,000 check in in exchange for 5% of the business. That company they can then go raise another equity round and then they don't have to pay back any capital. Or if they want to say, you know what, I don't need more money, that founder will then is required to start paying back at one year between three and five, three and 7% of their monthly revenues, paying back a 3x cap on the 100K investment from Prasanna to buy back 4% of the equity. Apeka will still keep one for that long road with the founder. Prasanna, Thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.